We both sound so thrilled. I know. We're just like, okay, let's just fucking get it over with. <laughs> this is going to be like the least funny episode. We're not funny anyway, but this one's going to be real bad. Let's get this over with. Yeah, let's do it. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're here on Top Shelf Shenanigans, dissecting and talking about all things for eight. Is that the episode? For eight. Yes. yes. Okay, God. And it's- honestly, this is actually perfect. I just realized this is mini-sode 13, and it's a Halloween episode. Oh, how spoopy of them. Yeah, so spoopy. <laughs> I mean, that's kismet. That's pretty funny. That actually makes me enjoy doing this a little bit more. Same. particular (laughs) Mm mini-sode. All right. So for those of you who don't know or you're just jumping onto this episode because it's current with what's going on in the the show and you don't regularly listen, this podcast usually talks about Nicole and why known as friendship, known as why not, but... We all have also started doing episode breakdowns and our initial reactions, so that's where you're at now. My name's Janie, your lovely, charismatic, cherub-faced host, here with my best friend and co-host, Kelly, the amazing baby blue-eyed princess. That was so much to take in. That's what she said. <laughs> Title you of did, your sex tape. You did not disappoint. We're, we're not going <laughs> to keep going. Said. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I could do this all day. I'd love your sex tape. <laughs> okay. Literally, that's the Discord. That's all we do. It's just that stupid. So if you are interested in joining our Discord, let us know. We've had a lot of new uh, newbies, so hi to everybody that's been there for a while. Hey. I guess we're going <laughs> to jump into it. So 4-8, the Halloween episode. Hellraising good time. Hellraising good time. Is that how it was advertised? Advertised. Was that the tagline for the episode? That was the name of the episode. Oh, that was the name of the episode. Okay. <laughs> Shit. We're I, fans. <laughs> this actually might cement permanently our lack of fanness. People were <laughs> like, bitches aren't fans of the show at all after they listen to this. The episode starts off with BBD, right? In the field. And the scarecrow with the butthole face jumps down and kills them. That is the beginning of Rotten Jack. That is the small bad of the episode. It's not really a big bad. No, it's really not. I was actually a little disappointed because at the start of it, it seemed like, oh, this is like a villain. Villain. Scary. Yeah. And then it just kind of, I mean, we can talk about it later, but it just kind of fizzled. Well, yeah, I mean, the way it was painted was every All Hallows' Eve or whatever, this murderous creature comes to life and just goes on like a spree. And it's gory and it's, you know, whatever. And then like by the end of it, it's like what he killed three people and he wasn't even very strong. No. And was it three or four? I don't even remember. Like that's. And you literally just got done rewatching it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Call me out. That's clearly. fine. Clearly, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I literally forgot most of this episode anyway. Okay, Wynonna <laughs> wakes up naked after boning Eamon. Mm-hmm. You know one thing I noticed immediately? The party boots. No. Oh, that was about the first a- thing I noticed. Oh, <laughs> about Eamon was he had his gloves back on. Yeah, he did. This, like, entire episode they were on. 
And they he didn't wear them at all the last episode, I feel like. I know, it was weird. Did you feel like Eamon was like a totally different person this episode? I, I feel like something clicked. Yeah, he wasn't his kind of neutral, charismatic, go-with-the-flow type of guy. He was He had his own agenda, and he was a little more on the evil side. And then his whole dick-swinging contest with Doc was like, enough. Yeah, it really, I don't know, it was strange. It was like a completely different character to me. He lost all of his kind of like cool kind of suaveness. Yeah. And he was just kind of this like bumbling asshole. He was, yeah, he definitely switched from, because I mean, obviously we don't know a lot about him anyway, but up until this point, we've been led to believe or led by the show and his actions to maybe kind of root for him or at least like like him enough to be like, okay, he doesn't, I don't hate him. I don't mm. have a reason yet to hate him. And it's just like that totally went away. And he like flipped completely around and like now in one episode became the gross skeezy villain guy yeah it was more of a stereotype I feel like it was it was just kind of weird and it kind of bothered me but we can move on but a lot of this episode bothered me same very same yeah Um, which is weird because I've never felt like this about an episode where I don't know I was left wanting a lot more than normal title of my sex tape (laughs) yes I was gonna say it but anyway it goes to the homestead and Waverly is decorating for Halloween shout out to the tiny pumpkin in the back with the best face ever is he now your more favorite I'd say D character than B train he might be oh shit B train has been dethroned (laughs) (laughs) I want to cosplay as that little pumpkin please and that one has less of a butthole face than the actual pumpkin. I know. I'm sorry, but like that didn't look like a pumpkin to me. Yeah, it really didn't look like a pumpkin. I guess he was a rotten pumpkin. So his head should have been like all concaved and like sunk in, right? I don't know. I'm just saying. It looks like an anus. <laughs> and I only know that because anatomy. I have studied anatomy. You study anuses? Specifically. I'm an analogist. Okay. I know the real word for that. So don't at me, bro, but... I'm just going to say anusologist because it's funnier. Do you study uranus? In the mirror. Nice. <laughs> Look, we've gotten so off track already because this episode was not great. No. Exactly. We're going to get so much hate. I know. <laughs> I was already like shit talking the Stetson and the khakis on Twitter last night. So I know. We were at the homestead. Waverly is decorating. Nicole is like, I'm going shopping. Which is weird. With Rachel. I'm assuming that they're getting something for the wedding. Well, yeah, she said something about a white dress. And I'm like, that's so out of character for Nicole. Uh, She said that Rachel said something about it. I don't think they're going to do that as much as, I mean, they put her back in the khakis and the studs and they're going to not put her in that in a dress for the wedding. Also, I don't think Rachel would wear a white dress. Isn't it like a faux pas to wear white to a wedding? I think Rachel was talking about a dress for Nicole, not herself. You should not wear white to a wedding if you're not the one getting married. Stupid, pointless traditions that have no effect on the actual marriage. But let's just... It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Do what you want. Amen. Do what you want. If you want to fucking have a furry, like, marry you, do it. We're off topic again. Okay. They talk, they're being cute and gross, and then Waverly gets a text from Winona that says to meet her, I guess, at the police station and to bring pants. 
Right. But remember we were talking about how Nicole is just like suddenly fine now, like all of her trauma from 4A is gone. Mm hmm. And now she's just like happy and like horny all the time and making stupid jokes like monster mashing my wife. Can we talk about how nobody addresses trauma in this fucking show? It's annoying. It is. Because nobody goes from being as traumatized as she was to just being fine. No. She's coping with, honestly, I think she's letting the wedding planning or whatever distract her coping. Yeah, exactly. So Waverly goes to the police station. Jeremy's there being all boss, like a boss, like he's in charge. Yeah, he kind of, I used quotations when I put in forms them because he doesn't really give them much information about Rotten Jack. He's just like, go kill this. Or don't, no, he says, don't kill it. They want, BBD wants it alive, which why do they want demons alive again? I'm so confused as to what's going on with BBD and like management has changed again. The fish lady is out. Someone else is in charge. That British dude? I guess. And yeah, like how come all of a sudden... Jeremy's swapped from being a part of like Team Herb and like hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudging when Winona was at BBD saying, oh, this is our greatest agent, ARP or whatever, and like covering for them to now all of a sudden just being like, oh, my boss wants this. You have to do this. I'm working for the man, blah, blah, blah. It's all so weird to me. Like I'm very confused by a lot of everything that's going on right now. And just some of the choices that, like, the characters are making or the way that they're acting, I'm just kind of confused. In this episode, I feel like, I mean, obviously, mind erase fog aside for Waverly and Winona, it was the most out of character for basically everybody. Yeah. And I don't... There was only... You know what? I feel like Doc was almost back to his normal self, though. Yeah. In this episode, but he was the mm -hmm. only one. He was less high horsey, and he was like like season two Doc, where he was yes. like legitimately on board trying to help the Earp sisters, but he still kind of had his own side thing that he was going on, but it wasn't as skeezy and like shady as whatever. And he he wasn't on his high horse like he was in the last episode. Yeah, exactly. I do have to say I love Doc dressed as Freddie Mercury. It worked. I loved it. And when he had his actual jacket off and he had the armbands on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was like my favorite part. It was so good. Okay, so speaking of Doc, him and Eamon are at the glory hole. And Mm -hmm. they are, Eamon says something. He's like showing him, I guess, their little betting station on Rotten Jack for who he's going to kill and all of that. And he sees, Doc sees the angel card and Eamon's like, oh, I've heard some rumors lately. So I don't know, something that he really wants to know who the angel is in Purgatory because he, he knows that there's one. He's definitely, and that's the thing that is so frustrating about this episode specifically and the switch in Eamon is like he definitely has put off that vibe that he knows more than he's letting on and he's in on everything and he still can maintain neutral and so like i would like to see that explored be like who is he how does he know everything what is his long game but like i feel like we're not going to get that because all of a sudden he's just switched and turned into the asshole anyway him and doc argue about the alcohol that doc has not been getting him and then doc quits and leaves (laughs) bye so after that, Rotten Jack kills the the mother who's wearing the chili cook-off uh, shirt, oh, yeah. which is you know, fantastic. That's hilarious. And also the fact that she had such a thick Midwestern accent. I, I loved it. So when it said the mother, 
I honestly thought he was going to come after Winona. I thought so too. Which would have made him as a villain way better. I agree. They literally had this looming villain for the whole episode and then they like beat it in three seconds. And I was like, okay. It was disappointing. It was like a lot of straight people's wedding nights. Anticlimactic. Well, Waverly and Winona. Well, Winona changes into her Britney outfit. Just her, okay, thick. I do have to say, I like all of the costume changes. Oh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. So uh, Waverly and Winona seek out the extractor, which we find out is Casey. And why is he so against helping them? I think that on Halloween, he is afraid of Rotten Jack. And I also think he's afraid of BBD. Uh, well, I mean, that makes sense, but why would BBD call on him to be the quote-unquote extractor if he doesn't want to work with them? Because they don't care if people want to or not. They'll make them. Anyway, then we flash to Jeremy having that, like, is that, like, group therapy meeting or whatever, and we see the recast of Robin. Bizarre. Here's the I- thing. If you couldn't get that actor back, honestly, just kill off the character, in my opinion. Like, I know people might be upset about that, but it's just like the recast is weird. It absolutely is weird. And I feel like and I might get a lot of hate for this. But like we were kind of discussing is like this episode and especially the second half, the two episodes we've had in the second half of the season have been full of fanfare. They Mm. are catering to the fans. Yeah. Which is honestly, it's fine as long as it goes with the plot and furthers the show and it doesn't seem out of like they're reaching. I feel like in an attempt to be fair to their queer audience they have the representation of nicole and waverly they also you know robin and jeremy were important for the you know gay or male on male loving part of the fandom Mm -hmm. and they were popular when they were together and i feel like they're reaching to try to make to keep that sort of representation or fairness or because bringing robin back at all honestly didn't need to happen no and i mean honestly i would have been okay with even them just saying he's alive and safe somewhere than doing this whole thing it was just bizarre and like i get his mind has been wiped or whatever but that actor did not have the same mannerisms as the other actor so it just it just didn't crossover at all no i felt like a lot of time was also spent on that a lot like a lot of time you know what they could they could have easily if they wanted to go this route for for jeremy and honestly i feel like that's so out of character for jeremy to be so focused on robin when i'm sorry he barely knew the guy and yeah they were infatuated and they were cute but the end of the world is nigh he barely has his team back. Like, what? where is Jeremy's loyalties at this point? Yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, like, everybody felt super out of character in this episode. Yeah. If they wanted to go down that whole, like, bringing Robin back or showing that he's safe or kind of showing why Jeremy is still with BBD so he can help Robin, they could have easily showed him, like, laying down from behind on a bed in, like, a room and Jeremy like looking at him through a window like an observation room or something in the, in an infirmary and have that conversation with the British guy be like how is the cure coming on or whatever and he was like you know we're still working on it but his memory isn't coming back as fast as I'd like and then boom 
Winona and Waverly are in the memory wiping fog and you can kind of tie it together. You don't need to recast him. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it, I don't know. It was a choice for them. It, it was a bad choice. I'll say it. It was a bad choice. It was a bad <laughs> writing choice. Yeah, I saw somebody, I don't know if it was in our Discord or somewhere else, and I can't remember who said it, so I do apologize, and I'm too lazy to go back through all of the discussion, but somebody said that this was, Emily said that it was the most rewritten episode, like they just kept like changing things, and that makes sense to me, because it was kind of all over the place to me. I'm sorry, but if you're struggling with an episode that that much, it's probably not... Good. Good. You probably need to just remove it. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted and like and obviously we don't know what's going to happen in the last four episodes. Yeah. So maybe it does tie back and maybe there's a reason for it. But you've got to give us something to nail down the legitimacy of this episode, because for me, this was a trash throwaway episode. Yeah, and I've never felt that way about any other episode of the show. And this episode was, in one word, disappointing. In one word, messy. Mm-hmm. It was... People are going to hear That's fine, honestly. We've <laughs> made it this far, and I've not gotten, like, a flaming bag of poop on my doorstep. So, <laughs> There's all right, still let's time. Just, yeah, let's just... Oh, it's, it's about to happen. The time is now. <laughs> anyway, Casey runs off into the fog they chase after him he has a gas mask on which is why he's fine so they get their memory wiped my favorite interaction in that whole thing was no shit ladybug and then are you late for school and then winona looking down at herself and going horror school horror school so then we get to the actual like to me the the good part of the episode if we want to call it that so casey plays music for them to follow so they come out of the the fog he lifts up his gas mask and waverly's first instinct is to punch him in the face (laughs) which i love it i love and people people were like oh my gosh like she's so like mean in this episode and honestly i like it okay honestly that's a fight or flight response, and she's a fighter, so that's she normal. Is. I think even the nicest person would have reacted like that. Number two, I don't think, I think people are reading too much into her quote-unquote meanness in this episode, because they're they're trying to say that it's leading to Dark Waverly, which let me get, let me make things clear, I am all for Dark Waverly, but Damn. I don't think that's exactly what was happening. No, I think that her memory is wiped and she doesn't have her like how she normally is because her memories make her who she is if that makes sense like she's just kind of reacting right the way you grow up and form your personalities and your you everything around you makes you a mean person or a nice person doesn't mean you can't change that obviously you can learn errors of your ways and change things but like what makes Waverly nice is the way she grew up and her circumstance and she's that's now been wiped out of her mind so it's just doing like raw human reactions yeah uh, i did we did actually have a question right yep. here colored out the lines asked what do you think they're teaching in horror school probably i mean how to like ride a mechanical bull really well so i known as a professor then yes Casey tells them that he sold them weed and they got oh, yeah. real high, which real damn, high. if any weed can do that. And right. then they don't remember where they live. So he helps them get home and then or he tells them like on that map that Waverly has where their house is. And during all this, Winona leaves Peacemaker there 
as soon as she dropped him, I was like, she's going to leave without it. Which that leads to them going to the homestead and making assumptions about themselves based on the things that they find in the homestead, which was hilarious. Honestly, so funny. I feel like, like, who thinks to do that? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I've never had my memory wiped, so I don't know how I would react. But I thought that was just so kind of smart and like their natural instincts for the people who they are. Like, they're the heroes and they fight and they figure stuff out and they, you know, Wade really loves research. I feel like that was so in character for them to start investigating their surroundings. Yeah. And like the mail and just the clothes that were laying around. And of course, they get their names back. Backwards and I thought that was hilarious. I mean, it wasn't exactly a body swap, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I liked how she was like, I'm Winona Earp, a cop. <laughs> Winona finds the bills and they're like past due. And so there's a joke later when she's walking. She's like, oh, no, no wonder I'm broke. <laughs> yeah, when they walk into shorties, no wonder I'm so poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about Waverly in the police uniform? I liked it. I thought it was a good look. I thought so too. What about Winona and the shorty shirt? Winona made me love the shirt. Same. She looked good in it. I don't know what it was. And I'm not saying the other people that have donned that shirt have looked bad. I just, I don't know. You know how I hated it at first, but it has grown on me. It looks completely different on Winona. It does. it, It brings a new vibe to the shirt. True. I also like how she smelled it and tasted it. Girl, you don't know how long that's been sitting there. I don't think she cares. Obviously, the whiskey was more important. So they go to Shorty's then, and Doc is there and is very confused. And I think he thinks that they're, like, fucking with him. Yeah, Halloween joke or whatever. Yeah, just something. I do love when Waverly goes, don't step on my nuts, man. I'm off duty. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, literally me. 100% of the time, even when I'm at work. Don't step on my notes, man. You know what? Actually, my stream went down when that part, like that joke happened. So I missed it, but I've seen it since. But yeah, it was a good one. I also like how they grabbed paper, umbrella, toothpicks to defend themselves. I mean, again, fight or flight. So, you know, they have that instinct to be fighters, which I think is in character. But I (laughs) I thought that was really funny. Well, it's just really stupid. Like, what's that going to do? It's a fucking toothpick. Right. I mean, it's almost as useful as the radio that Nicole holds up. Mm-hmm. So Waverly and Winona run out and they hide from Doc and the demons by jumping in that dumpster. Mm-hmm. And then the demons tell Eamon what happened to Winona and Waverly and he gets the biggest boner ever for that. Yeah, it's like he suddenly is it just because he wants to win this like jackpot demon killing like bet thing? Or did he again questions? Did he suddenly just turn evil and now he's been he's been lulling the herbs into a sense of false comfort and now he's turned on them? Maybe. I mean, I don't think he was ever like not evil. Yeah, if that makes sense. But like, it's very weird because he just I don't know. He seems like, oh, I'm going to kill them now even though I've been like helping them, but maybe he used Winona to get rid of the Clantons. I think a lot of it is a power trip, to be honest. Like he wants to be the one who has the most power in purgatory. That makes sense because all demons always want all the power. Yeah. So like, cause later on he talks about how like the Clantons are gone and all of this is happening and Waverly and Winona are like out of their minds. So it's time to make a move. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to have kind of 
maybe even gotten a little more hints that he could have eventually led to like this switch but again just so out of character Mm -hmm. okay so then i did write a question here because aiden knows about the fog so how many people know about the fog do like nicole and rachel know about it and why didn't they tell waverly winona and doc about it why is everybody keeping it a fucking secret why didn't jeremy that should have been one of the first things he was like hey if you get too close to the border you're gonna lose all your memory that would be like the number one thing to tell people exactly that's what i'm saying like jeremy's loyalties are in question here i don't think that nicole and rachel know because i they would tell they'd be like listen you've been gone for 18 months this is what's up like i'm not sheriff anymore these clantons are you know take and demons are taking over the town don't go too far to the border because there's a fog that wipes your memory bbd is controlling the border and controlling the food and you know the supply routes or whatever like i just feel like nicole def- nicole definitely would have said something yeah same that's why i'm like maybe she, her and rachel didn't know about it because i feel like that would have been like you gotta update people with that because who wants a demon hunter a vampire or an angel on the loose with no memory exactly that's like that's dangerous yeah and <laughs> i think well obviously Eamon knows stuff we've kind of established that he kind of knows everything so i'm sure he was probably planning on using that fog to his advantage one day maybe he banishes people who cross him or whatever to the fog or something but yeah it's just and if it's like is it surrounding the town like circular or is it just like in chunks does it travel does it move around I think it is in just certain spots because Jeremy or the other guy, uh, his boss, it was like Agent St. Cloud. Am I, re- I watched it twice and still can't remember. They say something about how it's spreading. Yeah. So I think it's maybe just in certain spots because, I mean, Chrissy Nedley left. That's what I was saying. She um, left. She crossed the border. There's got to be a way for people to get in and out. Exactly. So then... Jeremy and Robin are talking and Doc calls Jeremy and interrupts their very long conversation and kind of updates him that Winona and Waverly, there's something going on. Mm -hmm. You have Winona and Waverly getting out of the dumpster and Eamon is pretending to be Winona's boyfriend when he drives up in the car. (laughs) I do like how she's like, are you sure he's not my type? (laughs) Even with her memory wipes, she knows she has bad taste in men. Yeah, she knows. And Waverly is like so unsure about going with him and she's being protective of Winona, which I really liked same and she's like my sister deserves better damn right she does yes for sure the rhinestone donut on the back of that bra i (laughs) I like know that i needed that yeah i love how winona immediately knew like yep that's mine (laughs) do you think that waverly bedazzled that bra for her because i can't see winona doing that so i have a feeling she like took that to waverly and was like can you put a, a bedazzled donut on the back of this bra i feel like that's a very like specific thing on a bra so it had to have been custom made yeah exactly where she i mean maybe they did it so they could differentiate between all of their unmentionables since there's three four females living in that one house and so you know somebody sat there and like you know everybody has like their own little mark on their underwear 
and yeah. Okay, so, so why known as is a donut mm-hmm. is Waverly's like angel wings. Obviously. Okay. What is what's Nicole's? You know Waverly put handcuffs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I agree with that. And then Because Waverly's in charge of this, so for sure. I think she's in charge of most things, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's then, the real daddy. I think she is like the secret one for sure. She seems the type to be like, Spread- like se- secretly bossy. Spreadsheets and all that. Yeah. And then Rachel. I mean, I guess she could just leave Rachel's underwear plain. That's not fair. I know. I know. But I'm thinking a knife. I can see mm-hmm. that. I can see a knife or a baseball bat. Like when they first met her, she had that baseball Yeah. I feel like those are all good choices for all of them. Same. That's how they differentiate. And so, like, if somebody thinks somebody else stole their underwear or bra, that's a sitcom in and of itself. Those four roommates. All of them living together. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch that. I would have enjoyed an episode of just that more than this episode. (laughs) I would have enjoyed watching Rachel and Nicole shop for dresses more than I would have enjoyed this episode. I can't believe we didn't get a scene. Because you know both of them suck at shopping. That's us going shopping. Yeah, Rachel was living in a fucking zombie hotbed for nine months alone in search of her dead mom. And where is her dad? Who knows how long her dad her dad's been gone. Nicole probably apparently needs help because she looks like a mom in some of these stills. She needs to go shopping. Her wardrobe is fluctuating. It's between, hit or miss. Yeah. So she, you know, I doubt. Either of them are great at shopping. That and I feel like neither one of them care that much. Like, do you remember that time we were looking for one very specific thing in Target? And I mean, how long were we in there? Yeah. That was bad. You and I should not be allowed to shop together because that was, first of all, we both hate Target, which is a hot take. We've been canceled because I just said that. Yeah. But Well, sorry, my name's not Karen. I don't drive a blue Subaru and take my kids to soccer practice. So Target is not for me. I don't have a refillable Starbucks mug. Yeah. I usually call a blue Subaru a blooperoo. A blooperoo. Yeah, because very specific people drive a blooperoo. <laughs> I love it. Now everywhere I see a blooperoo. <laughs> Karen in her blooperoo. Yep. Talking on speakerphone with it held up towards her mouth. I fucking hate it. <laughs> Anyway, we were robbed of seeing them shop together. Amen. Jeremy's stuck in lockdown. Eamon takes Waverly and Winona back to the glory hole. We get another costume change. Eamon snorts something that looks like a black powder. Yes. He's muttering to himself, what is the right move? What is the smart move? And that's when he's like, the clans are gone. Winona doesn't remember who she is. And I think she he is just like super power hungry and wants to be in charge of purgatory. Yeah. And instead of just, like, rolling in and killing people and, like, asserting himself, he's been playing, like, the long game and been patient. That makes sense, but... He runs out of patience in this episode. Like, I feel like he's so out there and just, like, I don't know. Like, he, he really wasn't smart. No, I feel like, yeah... He it this episode could have definitely had hints of him like starting to turn and hints of him starting to make a move or whatever, but it just like he went from zero to sixty so fast. Yeah. So Doc finds Casey and Peacemaker. I do like the little conversation that him and Casey have. Yeah. And like I said, Doc was very much kind of back to his older self. 
Yeah, at least to me. Yeah, he's still emotionally constipated. Yeah, for sure. But he's always been. He's like, I'm not ready to give up on the greatest love of my life. The Earp girls, both of them. Yeah, ha ha ha. (laughs) Like Doc, stop. We all know. Yeah. But and he does love Waverly, but it's obviously not the greatest love. Right. Yeah. And then that's when Eamon starts the auction to kill Winona and Waverly. Yeah, I do think I liked this costume set for them the most it was fantastic yeah i mean a superhero and an angel on the nose do you think there was some sort of like meaning behind that i don't know i think that's just their personalities maybe just i mean lucky they had those costumes yeah like good thing mercedes apparently has a wide wardrobe of all different fetishes for the clientele because that came out of her costume closet right we do have a question though at this part, I think. Kate from our Discord says, do you associate red hair with love and handcuffs? No. I associate red hair with my mom. I mean, and- I have reddish hair, I guess, so I don't really, I associate it more with myself than... Oh, but I love you, so... And I love my mom, so maybe. We also have Jam Wins. She asks, where the heck is Mercedes and what's going to happen to the glory hole now? I don't know where Mercedes is. Maybe she was off that day. She was trick-or-treating going to happen to the glory hole now i will answer that later because that fits more into the end of the episode for me so i don't want to yeah okay all right moving on moving on jeremy's Uh, dressed up and bids to kill winona and waverly unless you were talking about another question no 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 i was saying where were we at yeah and then my next little thing written here is dick rub oh yeah when he was like, okay, obviously I could tell it was a fake costume because that claw was just like hanging on his hand. Also, you, I recognized his voice. Right. But then he was like rubbed himself and I was like, what? <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. It was the sign. It was the secret. Okay. So he comes and he injects them with the thing that gets their memory back, right? Yeah. Where the fuck are Jeremy's loyalties? I'm not sure. So wishy-washy. I don't think he would ever, like, leave them to die if he could help. And right. I I honestly think he himself is very confused about what to do. When I say lo- his loyalties are off or skewed or whatever, he has been fighting with and for the Herb Girls since season two. Since mm-hmm. BBD went dark on them all of this stuff, they've been through so much together. This is his family, so to speak. They've welcomed him. You know, he has that moment with Nicole where he was like, I don't fit in anywhere else. I'm weird or whatever. And you guys never asked me to change. That's how I know you're my family, so to speak. That's why I'm choosing to stay and choosing to help. To try to sell to me that he is now questioning what to do and what to inform them of and what to hold back. And his guilt towards what happened to Robin is affecting his choices does not make sense to me because he has not known Robin that long. And from the way their relationship was represented and portrayed on screen, I don't 
buy that it was super duper in depth. Like, I don't think he was in love with him. And I don't think Robin was in love with Jeremy. I think they, of course, they were infatuated with each other and they were cute and they were getting to know one another. But you can't sell to me that his love and devotion and connection with Robin is strong enough for to be driving this sort of out of characteristic behavior. True. I agree with that. I don't think that their relationship was to the point of like being in love. Yeah. I really do think, well, do you think that maybe it has something to do with the power that he has, his like feeling feelings, and that maybe that's somehow making him more emotional or something? Maybe. And I don't know. We don't really know his relationship with BBD, mm-hmm. what, th- what they did to him, what they potentially have on him. So maybe there is something more in depth there. And so he's kind of handcuffed to having to kind of play the long game with them and get along with them. But again, that hasn't been touched on. That hasn't been even hinted at for two seasons now. So I don't know. Jeremy confuses me in this episode. Eamon confuses me in this episode. Doc is likable again in this episode. (laughs) Like I said, it's a confusing episode. So there was something in the next little part that I noticed on my rewatch. Okay. So they get their memory back, right? And they start, like, getting ready to fight. And Eamon says, murder her. And when he points, he points at Waverly. He does not point at Winona. Right. So does he, I think he already has a feeling that Waverly is not what she seems. Yeah. So to speak. Winona, of course, kicks the person's ass that comes towards Waverly. And then that's when that the wheel stops and it's landed on the angel and Rotten Jack shows up. And Eamon gets even a bigger boner than he had before. Yeah, but then he runs away like a little bitch. Yeah, because he's a little bitch. He is, honestly. I did just remember their little moment on stage when they were like about to die. And she was like, you're the best sister I've ever had. And she's like, how do you know? And she's like, I just know. And I was like, oh, that was sweet. Yeah. And it like kind of shit talks Willow a little bit. Yeah. Which I'm always down for. Same. So the one thing I hated about this moment was, again, (laughs) Rotten Jack was the bad guy, so to speak, of this episode. Mm -hmm. And... He goes after Waverly. Winona comes up behind him, hits him in the back of the head and cracks his skull and he's done. I know. There's not even a fight. Just like watching it last night, I was just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, this was so dumb. It was so dumb. And like no fight fight. at all. And very Mm -hmm. easily just cracked that open. And I know, quote unquote, he's a rotten pumpkin, but like the butt of the pistol like and then she takes like the goo to the guy right and just like here and he's like oh he was supposed to be alive it's like but you asked for the extractor or whatever and he took the light out of his head like what did you expect he was gonna die like that whole thing didn't make sense either maybe they wanted to keep the light going and waverly wasn't supposed to blow it out i don't don't know know. it it really didn't make sense like i i don't understand i don't know why they wanted rotten jack i don't know how was somebody supposed to contain him as a demon? Like, I don't know. It was very strange. And here's the thing. Like, Rotten Jack was honestly, like, he was creepier than the Reaper to me. Like, when they first showed him, like, the the movements and when they were, like, shooting him with all of, like, those bullets and just still coming at them. Yeah. I like that. That had the potential of being, like, a decently, like, creepy and powerful villain. I feel like maybe it's because... That, like, had a mind, like, it was smart. It could think. It could yeah. function where the Reapers are just, like, drooling blobs that just blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
Okay, keep going. So this is uh, when, after Winona brings the pumpkin, whatever, puree yeah. to BBD, that's when Jeremy starts telling Winona about the fog. Because I, I guess now is a good time, not before. And then he tells her about Robin. She gets to see Robin. And yeah, that's kind of that whole scene. Robin's whole not having a personality at all. Yeah. And it's just like kind of weird. And that like Jeremy finally telling her about the fog just made me angry because it's like he should have done this. The, like one of the first conversations you had with her should have been about this. Yeah. And it didn't even have to include Robin. He no, could have just been like, there's he a fog. Exactly. Like, there's something that is making people lose their memories. Please don't go in it. Yeah, we're, you know, we have a few people back at BBD who have come out of it, and we're trying to see if we can restore their memory. But for right now, we don't know, so please stay away. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to rant again. Yep, here we go. 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 So Winona and Waverly are eating marshmallows in the front yard, as you do. Finding out that Winona's dad locked her in the cellar for three days for doing, like, making Waverly a costume. What the actual fuck? Okay, yeah, Ward was a terrible person, but two, they have a cellar? Where? (laughs) Where? Where is this? This house is a fucking portal to another dimension. It is the room of requirement in Purgatory. You walk in and whatever you need, there's a room for it. Yeah. But yeah, I did like this scene. I thought it was very sweet. It was very reminiscent of the early seasons where it was Winona and Waverly against the world. And at the end of the day, once the danger is passed, they take the moment to appreciate each other and reflect on protecting each other and having each other. So I definitely thought this was very sweet. So. And then Waverly's telling her like, hey, like I'm getting married, but like... Like, nothing's going to change. And just kind of, like, assuring her that they're always going to be, like, have that sister relationship. You can yeah. tell, like, Winona's just upset. And whether, I hope it comes out, like, she verbalizes, like, what exactly is upsetting her. Whether it's she's afraid of losing her sister or she's upset that she doesn't have that kind of relationship that Nicole and Waverly do. Whatever it is. Or maybe but, she has the weight of the goddamn world on her shoulders and she is everything. barely hanging on. <laughs> it's everything. But she's crying. Nicole comes up and like they Waverly and Nicole both look at Winona and you can tell she's upset and they're just like, Okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> what Bef- the fuck? Before we rant, because I wanna rant. Yeah, I, I want to as well. I'm gonna say something that might shock people it might cause chaos we all know our stance on the stetson and the khakis we will die on this hill together okay that being said i don't think what i'm about to say has anything to do specifically with the stetson itself but that shot where nicole is backlit in her long hair and she's looking down and she puts the stetson on it's so beautiful like cinematically like I felt my heart flutter like it like was beautiful and like it was a romantic gesture I get what you're saying like it was beautifully shot and Kat is gorgeous and just kind of that it was beautiful but I'm not like horny for it and I hate the Stetson and I hate the khakis and I think you're absolutely right to pick up where you left off they just are like haha you're crying bye bitch let's go fuck Yeah, like it made me so mad because I hate saying this, but I feel like that the Stetson, the khakis were brought back as a fan service. I don't think that it had nothing to do with what was going on. 
And I think that the time in that scene would have been better spent, the three of them having a good conversation and it not being like, oh, look, she's in the clothes I like. It really kind of bothered me because it just felt like it wasted time. I'm more here for like the actual like plot of the story and like character building than going backwards to something. Don't hate saying that. You should say it. You should be proud to say it. Because you're absolutely right. I said earlier, they are, it's all fanfare. They are feeding the fans. Yeah, and the fact that I had to see that again with my own two eyes made me angry. I'm sorry, it's been, what, two and a half seasons since we've seen her in those khakis, and she absolutely looks terrible in them. No one looks good in khakis. No one. We murdered the khakis in Stetson in episode one of our podcast and we stand firm to this day caparel is a beautiful human being and she can pull off anything except for those khakis they look terrible but you're i mean you're right that whole thing was a nod to the fans they're feeding the fans and it did nothing but honestly like you said cut an actual potential story building moment short yeah and i think that's what made me mad and just Winona is constantly like for being the main character she's constantly like put on the back burner yeah for these horny fucking people that don't talk about their trauma and they just fuck it out yeah and it's just I'm sorry but in the first episode of this season Nicole called her her best friend Mm -hmm. what best friend sees that their friend is crying and just like ignores it what best friend sees that you're having a moment with your sister after that a fucking too. crazy day. I'm assuming she at least knows that they've gone through some shit that day and interrupts. Waverly told her she needed sister time that day. and Or asks to join and hangs out with them together. Best friend sees your best friend crying and all she says is, oh, I don't even remember what she says because I was so mad. Can I steal her for a second? No, not even that. She goes, she sees that like Winona's upset and she was like, she said something like, you know, I'll always be here too or whatever. Basically like reassuring her that once they get married, things aren't going to change or they'll still be there for her or whatever. And then she's like, can I steal her for a sec? Like what best friend does that? I'd be like, shit, dude, are you okay? Yeah, I know. Like I wouldn't even be able to focus. Nicole is so much better than that. She's smarter. She's more in tune. She gets Winona. She understands her. She knows how to talk her around through her feelings. And if she sees Winona Earp crying, she's not going to be like, I'm going to go fuck your sister. Bye. And that's something that like really bothered me because they could have taken a little bit more time in that scene to just have good conversation. Or maybe like people are going to be mad, but maybe Nicole doesn't even show up in the scene and it's just Waverly and Winona actually having a conversation. What is wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. The entire episode's been about the Herb sisters. I'm absolutely 100% okay with them having a fucking discussion and then it fades to black. Yeah. The best part of that scene is when Winona pokes Waverly in the ass with the the marshmallow (laughs) thing, by the way. That's the best part. Yeah. Or her like being like, and it suddenly turned into a porno. And she's like, yep, it's going to happen right next to me. Yep. And she (laughs) just kind of, and that's her deflecting because she's upset. Yeah, it is. And also who fucking just starts making out next to your sister like that? Did you notice like Waverly's hand was still on Winona's leg? Yes. Creepy. I hated it so much. This whole scene, this whole episode was so out of character for everybody. But I'm honestly, like, this last scene, like, spoiled everything for me. Mm -hmm. 
this episode was bad enough, but that was just like to the point where I'm just like, uh, like, like I almost am hesitant to see what comes next because that was terrible. Is this show on a downward spiral? God, I hope not. I hope it was just this one. Yeah, that but that last scene is so bad. It's so bad so out of character it's so poorly written it literally is just like they got horny nicole in the last episode do you really need to remind everybody that they're engaged in fucking all the time this show is not about sex it's not about them kissing it's not about that i mean it amazes me like a lot i saw a few people on twitter saying what we're saying like wow this scene was stupid but a lot of people, they're only focusing on Nicole being in the stupid fucking clothes again. It's and I'm like, not. did you not see, like, you, you should be saying, hey, this was really poor writing. It's terrible. It's out of context. It's out of character. It's pointless. Mm. I hate, oh, okay. I hate it so much. And we could continue to go on. I think we have a couple of questions, though. Okay. So, Rainbow asked, what's going on with Waverly? And... How are we going to see her her darker side manifest this season, if you believe it will? And more importantly, why is Waverly's kink the khakis and Stenson and not the superior light blue shirt, dark blue pants tie combo? That is a really important question, that last one. Uh, Why? Maybe it's like Waverly has trauma from her childhood. It's got to be something to do with that. Daddy issues? Yeah, for sure. As much as I hate to use the word daddy, but like... You love that's that word. A, that's a legit thing. Like when your dad fucks you up as a kid, a lot of girls, for whatever reason, have those issues where somebody that reflects any part of their dad that was positive or even like they cling to that. So maybe that that's what did, it is. Did Ward wear that uniform in I'm that flashback? He, I think he did. I think he wore yeah. the khakis and the studs. Yeah. That's what it is. It's her childhood trauma. Yep. It's her t- childhood. But she doesn't address it. She just fucks it away. Yeah, that's what it um, is. That's what you're all praising, her childhood trauma. Yeah, you're praising her issues of child abuse and abandonment. But what is going on with Waverly, and do you think her darker side will manifest this season, essentially? I hope so. I really want to see it, to be honest. I, I don't think there was anything particularly going on with Waverly in this episode that made me kind of, like, peeing on anything. Like I said, I think a lot of her quote-unquote darker actions were just her fight or flight reaction it could be i mean they could have been trying to hint that something was underneath and maybe we're just kind of like that didn't seem that mean maybe because we're assholes but (laughs) but like i mean her punching casey in the face totally legit saying that she liked punching him she says later on that she enjoyed hitting him and to me legit yeah so i don't know i mean maybe they're trying to hint at it i hope that it happens same well, remember, though, on the previously on, it did show Charlie, Julian, and the whole angel discovery thing. And then, like, flashes of Waverly saying, I'm an angel or half angel, and her sitting on the throne. So maybe that was their hinting that something is off with Waverly or something is changing in Waverly. But shouldn't that be included in the episode and not previously on? You would think. You would think. Another question from Gem City said, why can't the sisters leave the triangle? I don't think they've ever been able to. Waverly crossed over the border. They've both crossed over the border before, but 
was there a discussion about them not being able to leave? Was it them specifically or was it just because that fog? Yeah, I mean, maybe the fog's so bad now that no one can leave because they said it was getting worse. I don't know. I don't remember there being a point in the episode where they said they specifically cannot leave. Same. I don't think I maybe I missed it or blacked out, but I don't I don't recall a moment where they were specifically saying the Earps can't leave. Sask. She asks, if you could choose Halloween costumes for everyone, what would you want to see each character dressed as? If you listen to Miniso 7, I believe, Haunted Pineapple, we do discuss costume choices. That being said, I did like all of the costume choices in this episode, except for the ladybug, because the gloves were too distracting for me. Also, the ladybug is just kind of stupid and wholesome. Waverly's wholesome, duh. She is not. If you guys go by the definition of wholesome from the Discord, she likes spreadsheets and organization, and probably those plants are hers. I'm just saying. You guys call me wholesome. Waverly's wholesome, too. I'm the most wholesome one in the Discord. We know that. Obviously. Yeah, you are. Last scene. Doc chains Eamon up, but not in a sexy way. Not in a sexy way. This is actually one of my, I think this might be my favorite scene in the episode because it was really smart what he did. As not being the one to kill Eamon? Not being the one to kill Eamon, but also what he said because he's protecting Waverly. So he ties him up, right, and says he tells the whole group of demons there that he rigged the game by dressing Waverly up as an angel. Mm -hmm. So he's throwing them off. And trying to make them be like, oh, so she's not an actual angel because he is trying to protect her. I really liked him doing that and going out of his way to go catch Eamon because apparently I'm surprised why Nona didn't track him down and kill him, to be honest. But yeah, he just grabs him, kind of manipulates the group of demons and leaves him. I agree 100% when he said that, that he, um, that Eamon had lied to them. I thought it was st- one of the smartest things Docs has ever done. And it was, again, very reminiscent of early Doc days where he was, you know, protecting the herbs. And also, I mean, we all know the power that the minority or I guess though the little people have over actual people of power. If we got our shit together and rallied together, it's many versus one. Mm-hmm. And it's so and he did the absolute right thing of turning the ants on the cockroach because they can now kill him or beat him or whatever. Basically take him out of the picture. His hands are clean. His girls are protected. And now these demons think that they can trust Doc even maybe a little bit, you know, because he's the one who yeah. told, the tr- that told the truth. Yep. It was very smart. And I, I actually really liked that. Oh, yeah. I, that, I'm telling you, it was my favorite scene because it was <laughs> I loved every second of it. Went like, from yes. The, it went from the worst scene to the best scene. It really did. And I, so whoever asked before, like, uh, what's going to happen to the glory hole, I won't be surprised if Eamon actually isn't dead. Uh, Me either. Because we don't know what he is or what his powers are. So I would actually not be surprised if, like, later or even in the next episode, they find all of those other demons dead and Eamon's missing. Yeah. We just got hot and fresh off the presses. Kate said, what do you think caused the fog to come to purgatory? Why hadn't Jerry mentioned it? Uh, Jerry? (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy mentioned it before. I think we kind of... Yeah, I think we kind of covered it. I Well, I actually don't know why Jeremy didn't mention it before. We don't know. We were complaining about it and bitching about it. So, yeah. Honestly, right though, the theory, and you know, I don't like to really read a lot of theories, but 
I've kind of seen some people thinking that Jeremy is Eve because she did take his form in the garden. And when he was kicked, when she was kicked out of the garden, it was as Jeremy. Maybe, but also, why would she care about Robin? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is there two Jeremys running around? That'd be interesting. That'd be crazy to keep that up. Yeah, or is she shifting like from person to person to person to keep blending in. And then when she's interacting with the herbs, she's interacting as Jeremy and setting up like traps or setting things in motion to take an advantage of them. What if every time we've complained about somebody being out of character, it's because they're actually Eve. I would fucking love that. Does that mean Nicole dressed as a season one? Nicole was Eve. I mean, I would think Waverly would think she would taste like sulfur again. That's true. She, they did kiss, so she knows. So Yeah, so I don't think it's that, but wouldn't it be crazy if even, like, the random stuff with Doc, like, we're like, oh my gosh, like, this is so weird for him to be like this with Winona. What if it's Eve? I love that, that theory. Would, wouldn't that be crazy? I would feel like that would be really hard to write. So if they pull that off... In a really believable way, and they, like, show flashbacks and tie it all together, so you're like, oh my god, yes. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, and they don't just use that as a deuce ex machina or whatever as a way of explaining away everything. I would forgive them for this episode if that happened. I would, too. <laughs> but for ne- yeah, right now, they're, I was, they're on thin ice. I was so excited for a Halloween-themed episode. I know, I know your little heart is so broken right now. Yeah, it's disappointing. Is it deuce ex machina or muck? I don't know. But you know what that is, right? Yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't know, and I'm not saying you're stupid or anything, because I've recently only recently learned this term, but it's basically an unexpected like event or power or something that seemingly comes out of nowhere that basically saves the hopeless situation or, you know, bails them out. It's pretty much like a Mary, a bailout that comes out of nowhere, just solves everything, makes everything okay. Mm hmm. I mean, I guess we're done discussing this episode. Hopefully you guys don't hate us too much for it. But if you do, oh, well, if this was your favorite episode, I'm sorry. But yeah, hopefully next week we'll have a little more enthusiasm. Yeah, this episode just gave us way too many questions and did nothing to further the plot. That's driving me crazy. We only for certain have four episodes left and nothing is being done about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not wrapping it up. I honestly think that was most of my problem with this episode is we had kind of that filler fun episode last week and then they just gave us kind of another one. And I'm just like, oh, I was ready to get back to the plot. Like, it's okay to have that one filler, like, fun every once in a while, but I don't want to in a row. No. And I hate unsolved shit, like cold cases, unsolved mysteries, like stuff that is not wrapped up, stuff that was left hanging, especially TV series. Dude, unsolved mysteries. Oh, my God. Dude, there is one episode of that show that I think about constantly, and I hate it. Oh, my God. Tell me. So it's one of the newer ones from when it came back. Uh It's the, the episode that's in French. Where that guy killed his whole family in that house and then like and the dogs and buried them in the backyard under the deck. Mm-hmm. And then he just disappeared. Yeah, and he's not like. But, but nobody went into that house for like so long after like no one saw anyone there. And they kept telling the cops and the cops would come like knock on the door. But the guy took so much time and like everything was gone from inside the house basically. Like that whole entire story was absolutely insane. Yeah, dude. You know the Unsolved Mystery episode for me that sticks out? Which one? The D.B. Cooper episode. 
that's like OG uh, Unsolved Mysteries. But mm-hmm. that to this day is probably one of the cases that actually got me interested in true crime when I was like 10. Is what the fuck, dude? I hate it. I need fucking answers. I mean, I guess this episode is an Unsolved Mystery. It really is. <laughs> I hate it. Anyway, if you didn't completely hate our take on this, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed at least our breakdown, our thoughts. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to join the Discord, let us know. It's a good time. It's chaos. You know, hit us up on Twitter. We love we always love the interaction and everything. And again, you know, we just thank you for listening and hanging in there. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what else to say, really. Our time is coming to an end on this podcast. It's been weighing on my mind a lot, and maybe this isn't the time or place for this, but this show is coming to an end because Winona Earp's coming to an end. And the last thing I want to do is force us to continue to make content and ruin what we've, the weird sort of chaotic magic that we've happened to make on this podcast and the community that we've formed through it. So I just I'm I feel very appreciative of, of the listeners who still listen. You guys have gone above and beyond our expectations. And I feel very grateful for, you know, like I said, the community that we've made within this podcast and the little group we have. So, you know, I just want to say thanks for listening. If you interact with us, thank you. If you don't still thank you, it's because it's it's been an awesome ride. And when when all is said and done, it's going to be a very happy memory for me in my life. Are you done being soft? Yes. Yes, okay, bye. <laughs> That's it. That's all. I'm done. I'm done talking. This is why people don't like me as much as you. People love you. I have a screenshot that proves okay. that people like you more than me. It's so just, I just, I, at the at the end of this, I would just like to hear that I was right. I, I don't know English. You put that poll up to try to prove me wrong, and it backfired so hard, and nothing has brought me more joy than that. You know what? The only thing I want in life is to make you happy. So, you know what? Success, honestly, that succeeded. You know what would make me happier is if you just said you were right. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) No, I'm never going to say it.